Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to First Bite, the final First Bite of the Season, your Lions preview podcast here at Pride of Detroit. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter with me, as always, my co-host for First Bite, senior editor at Pride of Detroit, who who has that as his label if you're watching live here on Twitch. Uh, Ryan Matthews is here at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, buddy, last go around here. Yeah, I, I mean... I, I was worried at how bummed you would be that you could not use the word penultimate anymore. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know if you'd be more bummed about that or the end of Detroit Lions football. Listen, when the off season is next, that's always the saddest thing because the off season is a horrible, terrible place. That's a handshake, <laughs> that is for, a our, handshake. For, our, for our visual <laughs> visual viewers. Uh, so it's, it's Lions Packers week and Instead of getting a Packers guest, we decided, why would we want to do that? Because full disclosure, we reached out to one Packers guest that we like. They couldn't do it. And then we're like, you know what? Everyone else in Packers land is kind of a jerk. No, thanks. We'll just, we'll take care of this one on our own. You know who doesn't deserve the MVP? Packers fans. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, and, And plus like, you know. Are we really, we know the, everyone knows who the Packers are. Everyone knows how good they're playing right now. Everyone knows how good their offense is, blah, blah, blah. Let's just, let's just talk about this game from the Lions point of view, because that's all that we're here for, right? Essentially, we want to see what the Lions will pull out in week 18. Will there be another fake field goal of some sort or fake punt per, per tradition in week 17? Now it's week 18. We'll see. Uh, But let's start as we always do uh, on the offense. Um, let, and I guess we got to start at quarterback again, because once again, we're not really sure who's going to be at quarterback this week. Jared Goff did return to practice on Wednesday in a limited fashion, dealing with how he describes as a bone bruise to his knee. Um, but it, it, no one really sounds completely optimistic that he's going to play, um, including himself. It, it's all kind of just like, uh, I don't know. We'll see. And so it does kind of have that 50, 50 feeling um, Ryan, how, big of a difference to you in your interest in watching this game? Is it between Jared Goff and Tim Boyle? Well, I want to say that if Jared Goff plays, it exponentially increases my interest in watching this game. Sure. And not even that it really matters though, because we don't, we don't totally know who's going to be playing on the other side of the ball for the Packers. Also true. Uh, So I I don't know this game, man, this game. All right. Just ready to get it over too. Kind of, I I will say it is a fair question though, because it's like, do we, do we really need to see another game of Tim Boyle to know 
or to, to know whether or not he is backup quarterback material. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a lot of hard hitting analysis in this one, but well, like, no, I, I think, I think it is kind of interesting. Like Tim, because Tim Boyle has been highly spoken of this week. Dan Campbell said, you know, said like, I'm encouraged yeah. by, by some of the things I'm seeing. There's something about him. He said, and I like, I kind of want to see what he's seeing. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I want to, I want to know what you're seeing. What am I missing? And listen, like last week, he's missing a couple of his best wide receivers. He, you know, they're, they're in a tough situation where they're playing from behind the entire game, usually by three possessions. So it's not an ideal situation for him. I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy. He's part of the reason why they were in the situation they were in. But part of me is like, if, if I have to sit here and watch Tim Boyle play one more game, I'm not going to throw a hissy fit here. I, I think, I think there is some value into that. I do think we kind of have to treat this as his rookie season a little bit because he is so, you know, he got absolutely no experience behind behind Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And then there's also that kind of factor too, like going against his uh, his mentor if Aaron Rodgers plays in this game. That that's kind of a a semi neat storyline too, right? Man, you are doing a great job. I'm trying to a sell this great game sell so job. hard. Yeah, you know what? I it, it really just dawned on me as you were talking, but we're really talking about this game as if it's like the preseason game we never got. Yeah. The, it's, the, it's fi- the final preseason game that was taken away. Yep. It, it This lion season has come full circle. It truly has. Like this is, it, it's week 18, but uh, it's, it, it does feel like that, that missing pregame uh, or that missing preseason game. And I, I'm fine with seeing another game of Tim Boyle. I, I'm in the same boat as you is like, I'm, I'm not going to be upset um, per se, but I, I would just be more interested in watching the game if Jared Goff could play because, you know, it's, it's Jared Goff. And I think that as Lions fans, we need to see as much as Jared Goff um, before we can, you know, have a, a, a lock, a locked in step opinion of who he is as a quarterback. And I I know we've had a really long season. I mean, the the record speaks for itself, right? But I don't know. Like it, it seems like Jared Goff was kind of hitting a stride. Yeah. If he does get these, you know, Cleef Raymond back and Josh Reynolds and I'm on Ross St. Brown and, and, you know, Deandre Swift, Deandre Swift is back and healthy now. So, I mean, he has weapons around him. Like I want to see another game of Jared Goff operating with, you know, minus TJ Hawkinson. There's always a caveat of with course. this Lions roster, right? I mean, like we, we haven't like, gotten to the offensive line yet. Wait, wait for that. Yeah. One. Oh my goodness. But yeah. So to, to, to put a bow on this, like, I wouldn't mind seeing Tim Boyle. I'd be fine with it, but I think we'd kind of know how the game would go. Yeah. I mean, you're probably right. And and I'm, I'm with you. Like I'd rather see Jared Goff in this game because I think it, it was very interesting. Like the narrative on Jared Goff was mid changing, mid shifting, like completely. And then COVID comes, takes away a game from him and, and the knee injury lingers into, into now this week as well. And it, it Listen, I, I want it, I want a bigger sample size of Jared Goff. And so if I get one more game of sample size where, like you said, he's, he's got most of his weapons back and he start, continues to be good, maybe I'll start buying into this. Maybe he could be our quarterback of the future. I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near there yet, but I am, oh, encouraged, yeah. I am encouraged by him improving. And you have to take a lot of things into account. Him, him getting more weapons in the second half of the season. Um, Dan Campbell taking over play calling him just getting used to the system. Like it, it's a new system for him. It's, I don't want to call it a rookie year for him, but it's, it is year one for him in a new system. So yeah, if it takes him a couple months to get acclimated, like that makes sense that, that that's a possible explanation for why things were so bad at the beginning. But 
at the same time, a lot of the flaws that we saw in that first half of the season were, were some of the things we saw in LA too. So that's why I'm certainly holding back my expectations, but yeah, I think, I think I'd love to see Jared Goff in this game. Um, love to see him, you know, be a competitor, fight through injury, something that he's done before in his career. Um, but at this point, it looks like about a 50, 50 shot. Well, yeah. I mean, just a, another quick aside, rewind the tape back to the first quarter of the season we're having discussions about how the offense is changing up the verbiage because mm-hmm. they're trying to simplify and strip everything down. Right. I mean, I, I'm with you, like in the sense that like by no means am I sold on Jared Goff being the future of the franchise at quarterback, but I, I'm interested in seeing more of what like the last quarter of the season Jared Goff has become. Yeah. And if that is something that's sustainable or something that we just saw flashes of. Yeah, we hopefully we'll get to see add another chapter in his story here, but let's move on to the running game. Um, like you mentioned, Swift is back. Swift was back last week, only featured six touches in that game. Not very, uh, not really expected, but this is the first time um, I think in, in several months where he's not even on the injury report to start the week. So, um, you know, maybe they just needed to, to give him one game to ease and, and they'll, they'll give him the rock this game. Is that, is that what you're expect? I'm sure that's what you're hoping happens because we all want to see Swift with this, you know, new and improved offense. Um, but is that what you're expecting to see? I don't know if I'm expecting to see that. I don't know if I'm expecting to see more of what happened in Seattle where he's lining up in the slot and lining up out wide. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was a Tim Boyle thing. I don't know if that was a DeAndre Swift thing. I don't know if that's, hey, the Lions think they have three running backs that can all potentially be you know, Swift and Jamal Williams, obviously, but I mean, where does Jamar Jefferson fit into all of this? Where does, you know, Craig Reynolds fit into all of this? It's, I mean, they're, they're interesting questions. I think I'm more intrigued by how they utilize these running backs um, in, in the season finale, probably more than anything when it comes to, when it comes to offense, because we're, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but this offensive line is certainly going through it. So, I mean, if there's a game where, yeah. It, if there's a game where you're going against another team's B squad on defense, it might be the game where you want to see what the running backs can do sure. with, with a lesser offensive line. Yeah. And to me, there, there doesn't seem to be any indication that the lines will treat this like a preseason game and get some guys that, that haven't had a chance to get a chance. So I would not expect to see Jamar Jefferson in this game because at this point, it seems like Craig Reynolds has, has jumped him on the depth chart. Right. And, and not that that's a good or bad thing, seventh round pick. Like that's kind of what you expect. If, if your seventh round pick can make it on your roster the entire season, like that's almost a win because that's not guaranteed for anybody. Um, and, and with all the, you know, movements, you, if he's not on the practice squad, like that's, you did okay. And, and we'll see, like they, they continue to talk him up and say, you know, he needs to improve on special teams and um, that doesn't happen overnight. So um, I think I, I would expect him to be inactive again, uh, a healthy scratch. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what happens with Swift. I feel like you, you gotta give him some reps. Like we, there's, there's nothing to wait for at this point. <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta just see like what, what he can do back there. And you know, he get. I think it's this is his first carry last week, go for 30 yards. I don't know if that was his first carry or it was kind of, it was an end of half draw. So it was kind of like a give up play yeah. at the same time, but it's just kind of funny that it worked out that way. Yeah. It I, see, this is why I was kind of so, this is why I was kind of so confused at, the way they utilized Swift last week is like, this is a guy who's dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career. And I understand on one hand, you want to get the guy reps. You want to get him out there. You want to get him some work. But at the same time, we talk about the running back position being such a volatile one in terms of health and things like that in in this league. 
you, you almost want to assume, and I know you more than anybody, Jeremy, wants to assume that the Lions are pretty set at the running back position. I would you hope know, so. They, they, they have four guys going into next season that should all be in the mix. And do you really need more than four guys going into training camp if you know you have guys who have produced? And, and Swift is a guy who I, I'm totally comfortable with him being the starter next season. So I was, I was a little... You know, I, I was just a little bit perplexed as to why he was out on the field doing what he was doing. But it also seemed like if that's going to be the approach, I don't know why it would change going into this week because it seemed like they kind of just wanted to see what what they had. Sure. Yeah. And I, I guess it's also worth noting in this in this matchup in particular, Packers, as per usual over the last few years, their run defense is not good. And if we had a Packers writer on here, he would say that's by design, by design. which whatever, I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy that, but it, I mean, it, it provides an opportunity for the lines to do what they want in this game and what they wanted, what they've wanted to do all season, which is limit possessions, mm-hmm. you know, run nine minute drives, keep this low scoring and, and stay in it. And it's, it's exactly what they did in week two against the Packers the first time around. So, um, you know, it, even if, even if the Packers give it them all, it, I think this, this, isn't going to be one of those games where they just get completely blown out of the water. I feel like, I feel like they, they can work their game plan. It's just a matter of who they're going to run out there at, at, at running back. And then there's also the issue of the offensive line, which I think we should probably get into now um, with Decker and Sewell currently on the reserve COVID. That means Matt Nelson. And who am I forgetting is the other guy? I don't know. Some other guy. <laughs> uh, it's worth noting that those guys got put on the, the, the COVID reserve list on Monday, which means there is a route for them to come back. If they're basically feeling healthy enough on Saturday, they can be activated under the new rules. doesn't matter if they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, but I believe they're both vaccinated on the record saying that we'll hold Thank you chat. Um, but yeah, um, the edges, I mean, though, when you think of a run game, you, you think of your guards and your centers as, as being, the most important positions to establishing that run. But Panesul has been one of the best run blockers on the team. And, and you knew getting him that that was going to be his strength. And, and Taylor Decker is no slouch at that either. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. They've been having to deal with these reserve uh, tackles all year because, you know, tight end issues and they really like going jumbo packages, but now those guys might have to start as well. And not that, you know, um, some of these guys haven't started. We, we, we've seen Matt Nelson plenty of times this year. He filled in for, uh, for Decker on the right side. Um, But I don't know, like this, this seems to be taking the offensive line issues to an extreme here. If, uh, if this is how it goes, obviously no Frank rag now in this game, even Jonah Jackson is battling an injury um, popped up. I think it was an elbow injury, but um, doesn't seem like, his uh his status is up in the air yet we'll see how the the injury report progresses but i don't know it the packers defensive line is, is okay preston smith is having a pretty good year so is uh rashawn gary so Darius smith is still on ir so i'm probably not going to deal with him but i don't know man i don't feel great about this matchup um if if the top two tackles can't go um certainly don't feel great for the quarterback's production of um you know depending on who's regardless of who's back there, but I guess how, how big of a loss is it if these tackles can't go and how, how bad do you expect it to get for the Lions offense? I guess. Dude, man, like, it's just, it's where we started the conversation. Like it just feels like a preseason game. It really does. And I know that the Lions coaching staff isn't going to treat it that way. And I, I don't think we need to do any more talking about it, but like, if you're going to bring Deandre Swift back, 
that guy's your starting running back going into next season. So it seems like if, if a guy can play like Jonah Jackson, um, who's dealing with an injury right now, I'm, I'm assuming that he's probably going to play. Yeah. You know, if they can get Decker and Sewell back, like those guys are going to play. And I, I, I would like to see their offensive line as healthy as possible going into this game, because again, the most interesting storyline to me in this game is like, what are, what, how are they going to deploy those running backs? How are they going to use them? Um, <laughs> throw Amon Ross St. Brown into the mix, man. Hey, he's a, he's another running back himself, right? I, that's, but, that, it's a great trend. Oh, I'll let you finish your point, but that was a great transition to the wide receiver, which we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Let's, let's just get into it because I mean, the, <laughs> the lions are getting, they're getting Khalif Raymond back. Yep. Uh, Josh Reynolds. Yep. Probably more importantly, Josh Reynolds, which is nice. Yep. Um, we haven't seen really, I mean, maybe that's, that's something that Tim Boyle was, was a quarterback that, that was unafraid of pushing it down in the field and in, in the preseason and in training camp, but we haven't really seen him do it that much since, you know, being a starter, you know, there was that start in, in Cleveland that was just, you know, Jared Goff first half of the season, don't throw it more than five yards down on the field. But now that he's got someone like Josh Reynolds there, um, if presumably if if it's Boyle, um, maybe maybe that unlocks something that, that we haven't seen in the past couple of weeks. Um, and then Amon Ra, I mean, what what can we say about Amon Ra? Like he's he's going for an NF, he's going for a couple Lions records. Um, I think he's only 14, 15 yards away from setting the rookie receiving record um, for for a Lions rookie, and then uh, one more game where he gets eight eight catches would set a record for any NFL player, I believe, or any, I'm sorry, any Lions player. Calvin Johnson has done five once. He's, I don't believe Calvin Johnson ever had six games where he caught eight passes or more. So a lot on the line there. And I mean, he's just, I said it during last week's game, like you, the Lions could be losing by 50, but if I get to watch Amon Ross St. Brown make some plays, like it's not a bad day. Oh, absolutely. That's why <laughs> That's why when the Lions are getting just totally outworked, totally outmanned, getting trounced in Seattle, and Amon Ra makes that one play out of the backfield, it's like, all right, Lions are down 10, baby. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, he, has, he has become, I mean, fodder for a lot of people, uh, certain articles that are out there. Like, he's the reason why people are interested in, in I think, even tuning into the Lions at this point. Like, it, if you're a Lions fan – and Jeremy's doing his best job to sell this game to you right now. We, we really buried the lead because it's really just like, Hey, what can Amon Ross St. Brown do in this game to, you know, wow you, or to be like, you know what? I'm so excited about next season because that guy is going to be on the team that I root for. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it really matters what wide receivers line up for Tim Boyle because, He's just a, a he. He feels like a human shotgun. Like it's just. I mean, he's gonna load up and he's gonna shoot and it's gonna it's gonna go somewhere. You're not entirely sure where it's gonna end up, but I mean, any intrigue in like Trinity Benson at all in this game? Like I no. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think he's gonna play. Like I. With, yeah, with, with those two guys coming back, back. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't see a role for him and. I think I think Kaderil Hodge has won the battle between those two, you know, early season additions, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Trinity Benson gone. Like, I mean, I I, om- I almost kind of hope so. I, I I almost hope that you know uh, Brad Holmes is the kind of guy that that can admit a mistake like that. And you know, you obviously don't want him to make that mistake in the first place, but you don't want to 
keep holding on to that mistake and, and nothing against Trinity Benson. And, you know, maybe, maybe he does improve and maybe he is doing stuff in practice that they're, they're just waiting to see on the field. And, and you hold on to him for one more season to just see if, if, if that can come out on Sundays. But I, I don't think you see any Trinity Benson on, on Sunday. I think, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. And I mean, when we say like Trinity Benson, the, the mistake of, <laughs> of acquiring Trinity Benson, you just have to remember where the Lions wide receiver core was at the beginning of the season. Yeah. You know, it they just, had to try anything, right? They really did. And, you know, giving up a, what was it? It was a fifth, fifth round, pit, fifth for... and a seventh. And they got Denver's sixth Six. round. Yeah. yeah. Next year, or two years from now in yeah, 2023. Yeah. Um, man, uh, you just have to be happy with the progress that, that, that group has made. Over right. the Everyone else essentially. When, when they're when they're really building the plane while it's in the air, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, two other Lions quick offense. notes. Uh, Brock Wright back. Who who would have thought that was a key guy to get back? Because now now we have a tight end that I can currently name on the roster again. Um, and then yeah. and then the other note on St. Brown is don't forget it's brother brotherly rivalry week with the St. Browns. Yeah, um, the Packers St. Brown has what almost a catch per game. Um, <laughs> you really didn't want to say his name, did you? No. Do you e- want to say it? Equinemius, I think. I'm gonna go Equinemius. Okay, cool. Uh, Packers St. Brown, um, the inferior <laughs> version. Uh, I, I would, I would rather see Matt Nelson at tight end than Brock Wright. What? Yeah, I'm uh, Brock Wright. He's the, not the, that bad. He's Jeremy. He's quick, quick name. Either of the tight ends that played last week. Zilstra didn't play. Did he? Nope. He's on IR. Yeah. That's what I thought. All right. (laughs) With that, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Lions defense, things we are watching to see in the Lions season finale 2021, even though it's already 2022. We'll be right back. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back here on First Bite discussing the Lions' final preseason, almost preseason game, essentially a preseason game, final regular season game, previewing Lions, Packers, with my buddy Ryan Matthews, senior editor of Pride of Detroit. Uh, let's, let's talk about the Lions' defense, um, if we have to. Um, coming off a game which they gave up over 50 points. <laughs> Technically, I guess we don't have to do anything, Ryan, but... Uh, the show demands it. The show does demand it. Where do we start here, Ryan? Um you want to just start up? Let's start up front because Levi Onzerike has been a, a huge topic of conversation this week. Um, Dan Campbell goes on the radio on Tuesday, says, you know, it's been inconsistent, been a little disappointing, took a step back last week. Um, actually said that about Derek Barnes, but 
you know, lines are, are coming off a game, which they were completely gassed on the ground. People are starting to pay attention now to, to Levi specifically and wondering why haven't we seen more from him either as a pass rusher, either as a run defender, really of anything. It's just inconsistencies, inconsistencies, and really just kind of bad play. So I guess, I, I don't know how to for, form this into a question, but I guess how important is this final game for you about him it, to, to hopefully go into, into 2022, changing that narrative a bit. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's just an important game from the standpoint that I would like to see Levi continue to see his workload increase. And mm-hmm. that's something that we've seen um, over the past few weeks uh, due to necessity, um, just with injuries and everything like that uh, happening up front, you know, last week, Michael Brockers being out. Yeah. So, so you get some more Levi, um, I just think it's important that he gets more reps. Like he, he's the, I think he's kind of like the antithesis of what I feel like about Deandre Swift. Like I don't really need to see any more Deandre Swift. Um, but I definitely do want to see more Levi on Like, I think that for all of those lions players that we were so interested in seeing on this defense who didn't get a chance to like, you know, the Jeff Okudas and the Romeo Aquaras of the world. Um, it, it's good to see these guys get the reps that they need yeah. because I think that's important going into the 2022 season. And obviously probably the biggest thing for him is just, you know, getting right and being healthy uh, in the next season. But, you know, these snaps are, are really valuable. And I think that that goes to the point that Dan Campbell was kind of making at the end of that Seattle game. Like he was, he was playing to get player snaps. Yeah. You know, he's Calm using timeouts. his timeouts. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that, I think that's very important. I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on Derek Barnes though, because I, I feel like for as much as people have been talking about Levi yeah. uh, this week, I think Derek Barnes has been the, the uh, I think bigger topic of conversation just because of the expectations that he drummed up for himself in the preseason. Yeah. Just a quick note on, on Levi too, just with Michael Brockers back, I'm, I am curious exactly how how much yeah. he will get in, in, in terms of playing time. Do you scale Brockers back? Do you scale Nick Williams back? Or do you kind of go back to the way things were where Levi was only getting about 30, 40% of snaps instead of over 50? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say Levi got um, 50% of snaps yep. um, last week. So, um, but yeah, I, Derek Barnes is, is also right there in that conversation because he was also someone that, that Campbell talked about and said, he's, he's the one that he said specifically took a step back last week. And yeah, I mean, I, the, uh, the elephant in the room here is that the Packers have one of the most efficient running games in the seat in, in the league right now. And that's not what you want to see after getting just torn apart by, uh, by the Seahawks last week. So um, it's not, it's not a particularly good matchup, but I, I do think, you know, the shine that, that was on Derek Barnes, I, I feel like expectations for Derek Barnes have been scaled way back this year because I, I think he went into that preseason and went into training camp, you know, making play after play and, and, and flashing and flashing and flashing. And then, you know, he's jumped by, by Jalen Reeves, Mabin on, on the depth chart. And even Tavante Beckett is getting some playing time over him in, in certain situations. And now it's like, okay, maybe we need to remember this is a fourth round pick that um, didn't play linebacker uh, off ball linebacker until the final year at Purdue. And maybe it's taking him a little bit to, to kind of, um, you know, Dan, I thought Dan Campbell had an interesting analogy on the radio. He said, you know, he's the kind of guy, and, and this is true of most rookies where um, you can't tell him, that, that the fire is hot. He's the one that has to put his hand in the fire first to, to learn from his mistakes. And so all this is very much a learning process for Derek Barnes. But I think, I think the, the hope was that we'd see a little bit more out of him um, at this point in his career, not calling him a bust, not saying he can't be a future starter, 
but I think expectations needed to be needed to be. I mean, we said it at the beginning, right? Like I, when, when the lines made the, the decision to move on from Jamie Collins, a lot of people were like, this is it. This is all we needed. This is all the defense needed. Like get Derek Barnes in there and everything's going to turn around. And, and at the time, I think we were both like, we were all like, let's be a little more guarded in Derek Barnes. And I do think linebackers is also one of the tougher positions to learn as a rookie. So, um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm hopeful for him still, but um, I don't think you can go into 2022 assuming that go- guy is going to be a starter. I think there's still a bit of a learning curve he needs to hit, and you hope that he eventually becomes a starter. If not, you know, he's got kind of got the motor of, of, of a good special teams guy if it comes to that, and probably a guy that you, you'd like coming off the bench. But um, he's he's going his year one to year two jump might be one of the most important um, that, that we see from this rookie class. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who just has been getting little bits of work here and there all throughout the season. And I think that was the most puzzling win, like you said, when when Jamie Collins, um, you know, exited the team, it seemed like, okay, Derek Barnes time. But right. you know, within the past four weeks, Jeremy, starting with the Denver game, 47 snaps, 47 snaps against Arizona, uh, and then 40 snaps against Seattle. Like, those were his highest – um, highest totals of the season yeah. uh, when it comes to snap count. So, I mean, it really took a full season for him to, to start earning, uh, you know, more snaps and more opportunities, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's concerning though. Like I, I'm, I'm totally on board with just like, I think Levi and I think that Derek are two guys that are going to come back next season. And it's, we're not going to talk about like, Oh man, like, you know, are, are they on the fringe of like making the roster or are they like, you know, are they, are, are they fringe players in terms of playing time? I think that these guys are both players that you kind of want to have earmarked for playing time in 2022. You'd certainly hope so. Um, you know, they, they, they came in very excited about both those guys. And the, the one thing I'm kind of interesting to see this week is we've seen in the past, you know, Dan Campbell kind of give some of these players a little kick in the pants a little bit through the media. Yeah. And, and it's kind of worked a lot of times, you know, worked with Jared Goff, um, uh, and, you know, I, I, I think some people might get rubbed the wrong way when, when Campbell does something like this, but personally, like, I don't know the language he uses. It, it's, it's very honest, but it, it, it never sounds offensive to me because yeah, he, it doesn't I mean, sound like personal or no. Yeah. And he, he always, you know, he's, he's also very clear. Like we, we have high hopes for these guys. We, we, you know, we haven't given up on any of these guys. He's never said anything like that. And so all of his criticisms feel calculated. I guess is, is the best way it's either calculated or just him being genuine, which being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, he has been all season. Right. So it's a little, maybe it's a little bit of both. And so I'm interested to see if either of them kind of steps up to the plate this week with that extra motivation, but again, tough matchup against a, a pretty good Packers offense that does just about everything. Well, yeah. Yeah. And again, who knows what Packers offensive players will show up for this one. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, transitioning to the secondary, maybe somebody's not going to get stuck on Devonte Adams um, for an entire game. Uh, hopefully, hopefully a Fatu Melifanu has an opportunity to guard somebody who isn't, you know, maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, but, but is a part of you that wants to see that matchup anyways? Because I mean, we saw it for, for a half, in week two, and and if he held his own, is is a part of you? It's like, hey, let, let's do round two, just see what happens. 
Not really. Like, <laughs> okay, fair I, enough. I, I, I kind of want the kid to have some some confidence after sure. his his last game. Of the that's season. fair. That, um, I mean, that's a fair point. I don't I, I don't think we're at a point where like you're going to break his spirit with another matchup for Devontae Adams. But yeah, like you'd love to see him go into 2022 with a good performance, build some momentum. Yeah, baby, that's, that's what I was uh, tickling my fingers about. So (laughs) um, I, I don't know. Like I'm excited to see Melifanwu again, assume like the responsibility of being CB one for, for another weekend. Um. But I think that there's some other interesting things that that we can that we can take from this game in the sense that like, you know, Will Harris, sure. like, gonna be a cornerback again, um, gonna be a part of this team's future? Question mark. I, I who knows? Uh, especially with like the emergence of, you know, Jerry Jacobs and, you know, hopefully getting Okuda back and healthy. And, and I know we're talking about like going into next season, but I think that's like more so than the defense or I'm sorry, more so than the offense. I think there's so many moving pieces on the defense that like, I'm more interested to see them play than the offense, just because it's like, it it truly does feel like another preseason game where like a guy can go out there and put out some tape. Yeah, for sure. So like, so like, I'm, I'm like, I don't really want to see any more Michael Brockers. I don't, I don't really want to see it's nothing against Michael Brockers, but like even like Charles Harris, it's like, yeah, I don't really need to see Charles Harris. Like I know that Charles Harris had an incredible, he had an incredible season. That guy's going to get a bag, but it's like, I, I want to see more guys who are going to factor into next season. I think there's less of those guys on offense and there's more of those guys on defense. That's yeah. I think that's probably fair. Although I, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think you're going to get what you want. Uh, bummer. <laughs> I, I, it, I mean, it's just, it's just the way they've been operating all season, right? Like, yeah, they're, they're giving some rookies opportunities, but they're, they're having to earn it. And I feel like you're going to have to earn it over Michael Brockers. If, if, if you're going to play this week, you're going to have to earn it over Will Harris. If you want to play corner this week or, or whatever. Um, the, the last thing I, I want to say about personnel, and then we'll get into the one thing we think we know, which I haven't even thought about yet. So I hope you go long on yours so I can think about it. Um, Tracy Walker. This, I mean, there's a, a non-zero chance this is his last game as a Detroit Lion. Um, it's had a good year. It's it's tapered off a bit towards the end, and, and you have to probably figure in, you know, having a, a worse secondary around you probably has something to do with him not having as many explosion plays. But uh, I guess one, what do you what do you hope to see out of Tracy Walker in this finale? And do you think there there's a legitimate chance this this is his last game as in a Lions uniform? I mean, I, I don't think I can say that it, it is, or it isn't. It, it almost feels like you want to, I, I just haven't heard enough of the coaching staff talk about Tracy Walker and maybe I've, maybe I've been kind of, you know, just deaf to that talk, but like, there it, hasn't it, been it, a ton. It, yeah, it, I might ask it, him see, about it tomorrow. Now that or well, I have to ask Aaron Glenn about it, but yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be a good question to, to ask him is, you know, um, what have you noticed about, you know, Tracy's play, yeah. you know, over the past quarter of the season? Cause like you said, it, it did kind of taper off and you wonder how much of that has to do with, you know, the, the, the revolving door and the rest of the secondary, but I, I he's a guy where it's like, I would like him back because right. I think that like on a, I think in a, in a fortified secondary where you have the pieces, I think that he's a net positive um, in, in that situation. 
I think it's just kind of tough for him in the role that he plays, because like you said, we haven't seen a lot of splash plays out of Tracy Walker because, you know, things have been, been kind of limited. So I, do you want Tracy Walker back? I know the, I, I mean, the, the answer is always at the right price, but like, of course it, with anybody, I would say um, that's right. probably the answer, but yeah, no, I think, I think he's got, I think he's shown enough this year where, where you can feel comfortable with him as a starter. You know, he hasn't, I, he hasn't been outstanding. He, he isn't the, the PFF number two safety anymore. Um, but he under, I, I feel like you can see he understands the game pretty well. He's a pretty solid tackler. You know, he'll, at, at times he'll take a, a, an aggressive angle that, that gets him in trouble. But I, I just, I kind of like that mentality. And I really think the Lions do too, is that, that aggressive mentality that I'm going to make a play from across the field. Um, even, even if he's overestimating his own, talent or, or underestimating the, the, the offensive player's talent. It's that ball hawking. It's on me to make a play attitude that I think it resonates with, with this coaching staff. And, and he's got a lot of talent to, to go with that mentality. So I, I think he's back. I, I, I feel like it's a pretty easy resign and, and all it signs indicate that, that he likes it here. So, well, but, but, but like you said, like it's nothing's guaranteed right now. So um, we'll, we'll just kind of have to wait and see on him, I guess. I think the way that I feel about Tracy Walker, and it goes back to that net positive comment that I made, mm-hmm. is that if you subtract him, I mean, that's just another hole that the Lions have to fill. And I right. feel like Tracy Walker is somebody worth having on your defense. So, yeah, I don't know. As as Brad Holmes tries to plug as many holes in this boat, you know, I, I don't feel like it's worth, you know, uncorking one more by, by letting Tracy Walker go. That's a good point. All right. Hopefully that long conversation on Tracy Walker got you some time to think because it is time to move to the one thing we think we know about week 18, our first ever week 18 edition of the one thing we think we know Uh, lions Packers. What is the one thing you think you know about this game, Ryan? I think the one thing I think I know about lions Packers in week 18 is that next season, this game is going to mean a lot more. What a cop-out answer that is. <laughs> I'm here's here's the one thing I think I know, truly and honestly. Like the, the one thing I think I know is that regardless of the outcome of this game, like Dan Campbell's in a good spot. You know what I mean? Like sure. I, I, I haven't felt this good at the end of a season in a very long time. Um, I mean crazy to say. Going crazy back to say I, yeah, it's crazy to say, but it's been at least what f- I, Take it back to 2016. It's been, it's been over five seasons, you know, and it it feels good to at least like know that things are heading in the right direction, regardless of the outcome of this game, regardless of the fact that the lions could end up being at best a three win team, sorry, three and a half win team. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, But yeah, I, you know, I, we, we talked about this, I think off air a little bit, but it's like, I hate to see this season go just as it was getting interesting. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of setting me up. It's almost like I was going to talk about superhero movies, but I won't do that. So Jeremy, I, I've rambled long enough. I've done sure. this just for you. Yeah. Appreciate I want to hear, I want to hear now. What's the one thing you think, you know, about Lions Packers. The one thing I think I know about Lions Packers is that the Lions will not run one trick play. They will run two trick plays. Oh, this thank season. you. Thank God. Uh, I was be- like, then, then what reason do I have to watch? No, I mean, come on. Like this, it feels like a perfect opportunity. You oh, hear players yeah. say it all the time. Like we, you know, one thing about the final season, final game of the season, it's the last time that all of those players are going to be together. 
it's the last, it's the last time that, you know, it'll be the first year in a rebuild. It's, it's, it's something. And, and you can hear them the way Dan Campbell's talked this week. He, he believes in, in year to year momentum. He, he believes in, in ending on a high note and, and having, and, and getting to, to sit with that last game for six, seven, eight months. Um, so I think, I think he's going to pull out a lot of stops in this one. And I think, I think they're going to put on a show in some sort of way. I, I wouldn't pick them to win this game. And I'm still a little curious about the two and a half point line favoring the Packers, but uh, I, th- I think this is going to be a fun game in, in, in some way. And I, I think a couple trick plays is probably the easiest way to do that. If we get to see Sewell and Decker healthy and off the COVID list and on the field on Sunday, I want to see a, whoever the quarterback is. I want to see that tackle drop back behind the quarterback either Boyle or Goff goes to Sewell and then Sewell goes to Decker for a touchdown. That's the trick play that I want to see. I'm on Ross throwing a touchdown. He's gotten a touchdown just about every other way. I'm on Ross throwing a touchdown. Do you know something that we don't know is I'm on Ross throwing the ball around to practice? I Listen, I haven't even been to a practice in two. They won't let us in the building anymore because of the new COVID protocol. So I don't know anything. You know nothing, but I mean, we. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a fake wink, fake wink. And I don't actually know anything. I was going to say, we could do a little educated guessing. I mean, he has probably the best wide receiver coach who could teach him quarterback things in the league right? and Antoine Randall L. That's a great point. Dot yeah. connecting here. Oh, wow. Yeah, dude, we're really at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's probably the best way to end it. Uh, this is it, man. This is it. This is the last one. Uh, we'll we'll have some sort of version of, of first bite in the offseason um, you know, tackling the draft, tackling free agency, that sort of stuff. We, we'll try to keep it at, at two podcasts a week just to, to keep you guys engaged, to keep you guys uh, informed, entertained, whatever you want. Whatever you get from these podcasts, we're going to try to continue to give it to you. But for all of you that have stuck around through the entire 2021 season, we appreciate you. We hope you've enjoyed all these first bites. Ryan's got something to say, I think. I want, I want to send us off if you let me. I'll I I'm, I'm afraid to do this, but I'm going, I'm going to give you the floor for the final first bite of the 2021 season. Go. And with that, everybody uh, with great power comes great responsibility. I knew I shouldn't have done it. <laughs>